Thank you, Jordan, for reading our scripture today. We appreciate Jordan and his willingness to read scripture. And very proud of Jordan, not just Jordan, but all of our young people. It's hard to believe that some of our young folks are now in college, some out of college, and life moves on. But we're very grateful for all the young people that make up the church here. We are grateful that you've chosen to be back tonight. We had a great morning. We had 339 here this morning. And we were very grateful to have a number of visitors with us. And tonight, if you're visiting, we invite you to certainly come back at every opportunity that you have. We're, we're always grateful for people that come our way from week to week. And we have a number of people that watch our service as it streams online. We're very grateful for those who participate in our services via the Internet. We're thankful for Kevin and all the great work that he's done to make this a reality here. A lot of people have said they've been blessed by being a part of our services, so we're very grateful to Kevin for all his work and also to Beth for allowing him to be up here and spend countless hours working uh, to try to make everything uh, just right. Uh, I do want to say I don't see David Taylor here tonight. Is David Taylor here? David said, matter of fact, he was telling me this morning that he and Kathy have been married 50 years. They had a celebration this weekend. Either they were doing something right, or they had a lot of patience, maybe both. I know Brother Billy has conducted a number of weddings. Uh, Ken joins us here. I know he's conducted many, many weddings in his preaching days. Jared has conducted a number of weddings. I don't know how many I've conducted, but a number. And I have said in the past, I have been far more, far more successful burying people than marrying them. Everybody that I have ever buried has stayed buried. But that's not the case with those that I've married. And so, nonetheless, uh, grateful to be able to serve in any capacity. We are looking tonight at Psalm 142. Psalm 142. And the theme of our lesson tonight, Remember the Lord while in the valley. David, as you well know, was the most illustrious king in the history of the Israelite nation. David was a man after God's own heart, and David had so many great qualities about him. David was a human being. And so as a human being, as a part of the human family, he made mistakes. He had his own frailties. He was not infallible. But he was a very good man. And David penned this psalm. The backdrop, according to many, has to do with David while on the run from King Saul. Saul, as you well know, sought to destroy King David. David had the opportunity to really take his life, but he didn't do it. He didn't want to raise his hand against the Lord's anointed. Some have said the backdrop to this particular psalm had to do with David while in the cave of Adullam. Others, the cave at En Gedi. Whatever the case may be, David is on the run. And really we have David in what we would call in the valley. You know, as I think about life, life, it would be great if 
Every day was the same in many respects, wouldn't it? Just kind of even kill. But we know that that's not the real world in which we live. Life deals us a number of tremendous highs or joys in life, but then there are times in life when we find ourselves in the valley, facing low points in life. And if you look at life and you think about how life is really, it's really up and down, up and down, up and down, isn't it? And so David, as he penned many of the Psalms, sometimes we see David in joy. And then there are times when David is down in the valley. David had many victories, many successes in life, but there were also times when he was down deep in the valley and faced with difficult circumstances, to say the least. So I want us to look at this psalm tonight. And as we look at this psalm, I want to note very specifically three basic thoughts from Psalm 142. First, I want to talk about the cry of David. And David, in this psalm, petitions the Lord with his voice. Listen to him in verses 1 and 2. I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before Him. I declare before Him my trouble. David here is very candid in his petition to the Lord. He talks about pouring out his meditations, those things that are weighing heavily upon his mind. And then in the latter part of verse 2, he said, I declare before him my trouble. David, as you well know, faced, as I said just a few minutes ago, David faced some tough times in life. This is not the only psalm that David wrote in which he found himself in a very distressing situation. And so David here is petitioning the Lord. And I think about the blessings that we have to go before the Lord to really petition or to entreat His favor, His help, His aid. That's what David is doing. And there are a lot of blessings that we enjoy in the Christian life. And it would be very difficult for us to just sit down and identify all the many wonderful blessings that we enjoy in life daily. But wouldn't you rank prayer right up at the top of, of, one, of the, one of the premier blessings as a Christian? I think about the words of Peter in the long ago when he said, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and His ears are open unto their prayers. David in Psalm 55 would talk about how evening, morning, and noon, he would pray and cry aloud unto God. David was a man given to prayer. And I think about as a Christian today, when we face the ebb and flow of life, as we think about distressing tough times in life, simply going before the Father and making our case before Him. So David was very candid with the Lord. But then there's another thought here. David, not only candid with the Lord, but he claimed the Lord. And I want to talk more about this in a minute, but I just want you to look very quickly down in Psalm 142, 5. David said, I cry to you, O Lord, 
I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. David here acknowledging the fact that the Lord was his only source of refuge this side of eternity. And there are many of us, we have found ourselves in distressing situations, circumstances that are beyond our control, and we have looked to the Lord for refuge. And we'll come back to this in just a moment. There's another thing I want you to see as we talk about the cry of David. Not only did he petition the Lord with his voice, but he petitioned the Lord while in the valley. In verse 2, David speaks of troubling times. Then in verse 6, he speaks of trying times. He talks about his persecutors and prays or asks God to deliver him from his persecutors because he said, they are stronger than I. In 1 Samuel 22, David, while in the cave at Adullam, the text tells us he had some 400 men with him. I don't know how many King Saul had. But you think about David here. And David is facing some troublesome times, some trying times in life. And as members of the human family, don't we find ourselves faced with troublesome times? Isn't it true that when we battle illness, disease, protracted sicknesses, when we are confronted with economic reversals, when we lose our job, when our financial resources dry up, wouldn't you say that we're confronted like David with troubling times, with trying times? I can't help but think about Job many, many years ago. Job, as you know, faced a lot of troubles in his life. And Job said many years ago, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. There have been a lot of people that have had the opportunity to live here on planet earth. And they have enjoyed many blessings upon this earth, but many of, many of us who have lived here on planet earth, we faced some troubling times. We have faced some trying times. And really when you begin to look at this psalm and as we dig deeper into the psalm, you're going to find that David feels a sense of despair, despondency. And sometimes despair and despondency, discouragement lead to depression. And we find ourselves in a hole. So David speaks of very troubling times, very trying times. But I want you to think with me in the second place. I want to just talk for a minute or two about the circumstances of David. And David is going to detail, he's going to give some details about his pain. He speaks of facing his adversaries. I mentioned just a moment ago, verse 2, David said, I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. He said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path in the, way, in the way which I should walk. He said, they have secretly set a snare for me. And then down again in verse 6, David would say, attend to my cry. 
for I am brought very low. He said, deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. His adversaries had a lot of power, a lot of strength. And David, as we would say, felt behind the eight ball. He is literally pouring out his heart to God. As I said a moment ago, he petitioned God. And I made note just a moment ago of the fact that David was very candid. And I want to just say very quickly that the beauty of having the ear of God is that we can come before Him and we can express in a very frank and forthright manner where we are in life, how we feel. David, no doubt, had enjoyed many good times, but under the scenario that he paints here, He said, I've been brought very, very low. Life has taken a downturn, as we would say. And David is crying out to God. He's looking to God for relief. And so he speaks of his adversaries. There's a passage in Hebrews chapter 4. The writer said that we are to draw boldly under the throne of grace. And the idea of coming boldly before the throne of grace is that we can go before God's throne and we can be very forthright. We can speak freely before the throne of God. To know that God has our best interest at heart, that God is willing to lend an ear to our troubles, our trials, our trying times. And no doubt he heard David as he had on many occasions. So David speaks of facing his adversaries, but then also... He talks about feeling alone. Look look at what he has to say down in verse 4. David writes, Look on my right hand and see. There is no one who acknowledges me. He said, Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. David here felt all alone. Have you ever felt all alone in life? You ever been battling something and what you're battling is weighing heavily upon your mind? You're burdened, you're grieving, you're hurting, you're in sorrow, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you can't think, you can't process, and you feel all alone. No one there to share in what you're battling. I don't believe that David was truly all alone. I think sometimes we may feel like we're all alone because of the circumstances that we're facing and maybe because of our position in life. David felt all alone. In Psalm 102, the psalmist again pours out his heart to God. And in that great psalm, He said in the long ago, I'm like a sparrow alone on the housetop. You get the sense of isolation, of loneliness. Is there anything worse than feeling alone 
than feeling as if you've been abandoned by friends and family, by the people that you would typically say are your allies. Anything worse than feeling all alone when you're faced with tough times. You remember over in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul writing to Timothy, his son in the faith? And in chapter 1, he said, All those in Asia have turned away from me. In chapter 4, he would say, At my first defense, all men forsook me. Here's the apostle Paul, one of the greatest servants of God in the history of mankind. And Paul is... In a Roman prison, he's about to be put to death. And he's writing his very last epistle to Timothy. And he's saying, no one's standing with me. No one is there for me. That is the sentiment expressed by David. Listen again to what he said. There is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed, for, has failed me. No one cares for my soul. Truth be told, I suspect that there were many people that cared about David. And there are times in life when we, like David, may feel as if no one cares about us. But the truth is, there are many people that care about us. When it's all said and done, even if all here upon planet earth were to forsake us, turn away from us, not stand with us, not stand behind us, the Bible says the Lord would stand with us, wouldn't He? The Bible says the Lord cares about us. Do you remember in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, when Peter said in the long ago, casting all your care on him. Why, Peter? For he cares for you. What's David doing? He's pouring out his cares to God, isn't he? He is emptying his heart before the throne of God. Now, we talk about some of the details of David's pain. But what about the depth of his pain? There are two things here. I think when you read Psalm 142, you find David in a dark place in life. And not just in a dark place in life, but in a despairing place in life. Listen again to what he says in verse 3. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path in the way in which I walk. The word overwhelmed here, literally it carries with it the idea of fainting. But what David is really expressing is that he feels as if he's covered with darkness. He's talking about the troubles and the sorrows that accompany his situation. And what he is expressing in this psalm is that he feels lifeless. No spirit. No vigor. I mentioned a moment ago, David was in a dark place. Not just a dark place, but in a distressing, despairing place. Some of us have faced some tough times in life, haven't we? Some of us have been down in that dark hole, haven't we? If you've ever been down in that dark hole, you know what I'm talking about. 
If you don't feel like there's any hope, not only do you feel hopeless, you feel helpless. I I remember one time years ago, I had gone through some, what I would call some tough times. And I was struggling greatly. And I felt like I was in the deepest, darkest hole you could imagine. I remember sitting at my desk one day, and I'm sitting behind my desk in my chair, and as hard as this may seem to believe, it took everything I had to move a piece of paper from here to there. That's a dark hole. And it's tough to come out when you're deep in that hole. I talked to a friend of mine who was a preacher. And we talked about some of the things that I'd been struggling with. And you know when life takes a downward turn, sometimes you think crazy things. It took every ounce of energy I had to preach on Sunday. I was ready to quit, to walk away, to give up. And I think, in a sense, that's how David felt. I talked to my friend, and he and I, we've been close friends. We've been close friends for many, many years. And we talked about being down in that dark, black hole. And he was a great encouragement to me. And when we face tough times, dark times, distressing times, depressing times, we need an ally, don't we? We need a friend. We need someone that will listen to us and that will have patience and offer words of encouragement. David needed encouragement. And David, he felt all alone and isolated. Didn't feel like anybody cared about him. And let me tell you what, sometimes you can get to thinking some crazy things. And you you can come to the erroneous conclusion that nobody does care. Or that you're out here all alone. It's just you against the world. But it's not true. One of the things that has probably helped me immensely in my life has been the book of Psalms. I think when I read the Psalms, I get a picture of what human life's all about, don't you? I mean, you think about, think for a minute about the New Testament. Many bookstores sell the New Testament, don't they? Many New Testaments are accompanied by the Psalms, aren't they? Why do you think that is? Do you think it could be that many people have found strength and comfort in the Psalms? I mentioned David. Here's a guy that in our mind we would say has 
the world by the tail, got everything in the world going for him, and yet he is at a low, low point in life. And so, David, the depth of his pain, immeasurable, difficult to comprehend. Some of you have been there. You know what I'm talking about. You understand because you've been where David was. And so, I want you to think with me in the third place very quickly about the confidence of David. And David speaks, I think, of his provisions. I want to talk for just a minute or two about the provisions of David and then the perspective of David. David, as I said a moment ago, claimed God as his refuge. He found refuge in the Lord. Listen again. In verse 4 he said, Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. But then in verse 5 he said, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, You are my refuge. David found in God what he did not find in man. And that was refuge. It may be the case that the only one to whom we may turn in times of distress and discouragement, despondency, isolation and loneliness, the only one to whom we may turn is the Lord. I love Psalm 46 verse 1. Because the psalmist said, God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And if you read Psalm 46, the psalmist paints a picture of the world in what we would call an upheaval. Everything has turned upside down. And the only constant in his mind is the Lord. And so he claimed God as the source of his refuge. As a matter of fact, two times in that psalm, the psalmist would say, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. When you face tough times, when you're in the valley, you need to remember the Lord. David did. And so, he claimed God as his refuge. Not only did he find refuge in the Lord, But he recognized, realized that his rescue would ultimately come from the Lord. Listen again to verse 6. He said, attend to my cry for I'm brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors for they are stronger than I. David in a sense is saying, look, The only resource I have, the only one to whom I can turn at this dark hour in my life is You, O Lord. You're my refuge. You are the one who ultimately can rescue me. You ever felt like that? You ever been there in life? When the Lord is the only one to refuge you, or the only one in whom you can find refuge. He is the only one that can rescue you out of your troubles. And then, let's think for just a moment about his perspective. The perspective of David. Look, if you would, at verse 7. 
David said, bring my soul out of prison. I imagine being hemmed up in a cave, trying to find a place of shelter from your enemies. You'd feel like you were in prison. He said, bring my soul out of prison. Why? That I may praise your name. He said, the righteous shall surround me. And then listen to him. For you shall deal bountifully with me. David, what's your perspective? My perspective is, number one, you're my refuge. My perspective is, when it's all said and done, when the smoke clears, Lord, you're going to deal bountifully with me. Are there not times in life when we're struggling with some tremendous burden, obstacle in life, and we've been wrestling with it, we have, we have thought about it day in, day out, week in, week out, can't sleep, can't eat, can't think, just mired in trouble. And then we come to the conclusion, Lord, it's in your hands. Really, there are times when all we can do is put it in God's hands. And like David, take the position, the perspective, you're going to deal bountifully with me, Lord. I would hope and pray that as we read the Psalms, as we look at Psalm 142 and many of the other great Psalms, that our faith would be deepened. Don't you love the words of Solomon in the long ago when he said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And what will He do? He'll direct your paths. Put your trust in God. Put your faith in Him. Find refuge in the Lord. I want to close by sharing one other verse from a psalm. David, of course, the writer. Psalm 57, again, another occasion. Possibly when David had fled from Saul into a cave. I want you to listen to what he says in Psalm 57, verse 1. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. And then I love what he says. And in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge. How long, David, until these calamities have passed by? You ever been out driving to a particular destination and as you're driving, maybe a thunderstorm pops up and the rain begins to come down and sometimes the rain is coming down in such torrents. You can't see the road. You can barely see the car in front of you. What do you do? Sometimes you pull off to the side of the road, don't you? You ever pulled off under an underpass to the storm passed? That's the picture that David is providing for us. David is saying, look, I'm going to find refuge under your wings, God, until all these calamities, until all these troubles and trials have passed by. Refuge in the Lord. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're grateful for your love and care. And we pray, Father, that we would always look to you for refuge and strength. 
Give us the strength and the courage that we need to always trust you, come what may. And Father, we're thankful for David and for others like him. We're thankful for their courage, their victorious spirit. And we're thankful for the Psalms and for the human dimension that we find in these great books. Father, we thank you, we love you, we pray that one day we could be with you in eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Tonight, if you're here, we want to close tonight by encouraging anyone who might be present, who's not a Christian, to come to Christ. To come to Jesus believing that He is exactly who He claimed to be, the Son of God. Repenting of all your sins, just like they did on Pentecost Day. Confessing with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that Jesus is the Son of God. And then to be immersed in water so that all your sins can be forgiven just like they did on Pentecost as revealed by Luke in Acts 2, verse 38. Let God put you in the church and then with God at your side be faithful until death. If you're here tonight and maybe your life is out of control, maybe your life's not what it ought to be, what you know it could be, and you need the prayers of the church, could we pray with you and for you? Understanding that God will abundantly pardon, understanding that we can pray together as a family, and that if you're struggling, then we're struggling. Won't you come as we stand and sing?